Good morning, Evanston Bible Fellowship. My name is Morgan. The scripture reading for today is 1 Corinthians 13. Please turn in your Bibles or open your devices to read out loud with me. 1 Corinthians 13. Please read aloud along with me. If I speak of the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. As for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. When I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three. But the greatest of these is love. This is the word of the Lord. Peace be to God. Good morning, Evanston Bible Fellowship. My name is Ben Mangridge, one of the elders here, and it is my joy and privilege to be able to open God's word with you this morning uh, and continue uh, in our series that was started last week uh, through 1 Corinthians. This is a series that we're preaching um, through the month of August. Um, it's a five-week series, and we are eagerly excited, and, and we are eagerly awaiting our new lead pastor, uh, Pastor Tim, who will be starting in September. And so between now and then, we're going to have a little mini-series on 1 Corinthians 13, uh, covering the topic of love. And that series is titled, Love, What It Is, How It Shapes Us, and the Heart of Christ. Last week, Danny... Russell started by preaching on the importance of love in verses 1 through 3 of 1 Corinthians 13. And he said that without love, we achieve nothing, we are nothing, and we gain nothing. And love is incredibly important, uh, not just because this passage says it is, but also because it is rooted in God's character. God is the standard of love, and he is also the source of of love. I'm reminded of this in another letter uh, to a church in Asia Minor in Ephesians, where Paul writes to, in, verse, in Ephesians 3.17, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge. So this morning, we're going to endeavor to get to know this love that surpasses knowledge just a little bit. My hope is that we can have a taste 
a, a little taste of what this, what this love is and look deeper into the characteristics of love. So today we'll be talking about the nature of love, answering the question, what does this love look like? And my hope is also that each of you would walk away today from this message and choose to love others as God loved us and act in that love every day. Before we jump in, please join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are the standard of love that we follow and the source of love that enables us to um, obey your command to do likewise. We thank you for your word and what it reveals to us. I pray that you would give us ears to hear and heart that is moved by your spirit and understanding of what this love looks like and how we can um, practice it on a daily basis. I pray these things and lift up this uh, message to you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So today's passage uh, builds on last week and it's covering a very short, um, just short one line in 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 and the start of 5. And it says, if you have your, your Bible, please uh, turn to this passage and, or follow along with this verse. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. We're going to look at that one line in more detail today, and we're going to look at the characteristics that are described in this uh, short, simple verse. Um, before we look at the specifics uh, of what this passage describes about love, I wanted to start with um, just one word. The very first word in this passage, love, um, and ask the question of you, what kind of love is this referring to? What kind of love are we talking about here? Uh, as many of you know and are, you know, see often, the word love is a common theme that's described in, also, in a culture all over, around it, all over. Um, it's depicted in stories, in movies, um, and it's often described as a feeling, a powerful feeling that we feel for others or, or even as a force. It's usually described as a very powerful force, sometimes the most powerful force that can overcome anything. Uh, my family is a fan of the Harry Potter series. And for those of you who know this series, uh, baby Harry, at the beginning of the story, um, is protected from evil, from an evil spell, by his mother's love. And this love protects him basically throughout his, his life. Um, and so this, the idea of love is, is really depicting of a force that sort of is carrying forward. Um, and it often is, right? Love, as we experience it, often is a, you know, a feeling that's sometimes very powerful. And we feel love for others. God designed us that way. Uh, but love, as described in the Bible, is more than just a feeling or a force. It is a, an active word. It is a choice that we must make uh, as, you know, as people and as followers of Christ. Um, Love is a sacrificial, whole heart kind of love that the Bible describes in this passage. There are several words uh, translated from the Greek that love is translated from in the Greek. And there are several words for love. Um, and some of you know what, have heard those before. Uh, one is eros, which talks about a romantic love. Um, another one is philia, which refers to a friendship love or a, you know, kind of a general uh, love that, that people feel. But the word that 
is used in this passage is the word agape, agape love. And that, that word agape is actually also translated at times as charity. So it's a charitable love, which means agape love is unconcerned with, its, with self, but it's concerned more for others. It is the good of, out for the good of one another, and it's a sacrificial kind of love. And this is the kind of love that the Bible describes and uses more than any other um, throughout, throughout the Bible. And the New Testament references agape uh, over 200 times. For those of you who have been around EBF, uh, you might remember that we have a church plant here in Chicago called Agape Fellowship. Um, and the reason that agape is the name of that, uh, of that church is that it's such an important aspect of who God is and who we are in relation uh, to him. Um, and as I said, agape is not just an emotion or a feeling, but it's an active choice. It requires faithfulness, commitment, and sacrifice without expecting anything in return. Now, as I said at the beginning uh, in the intro, God is the source and the standard for agape love. You know, as humans, we are designed to be in community and to love and serve one another. Um, and in our, our nature, uh, we are naturally inclined to express this agape love. And the, the audience that Paul was writing to here would have had an understanding for what agape means. But as Christians, as followers of Christ, we have a different standard for, for true agape. And that is the standard that God sets. It's a higher standard. Um, and I, I think that that really sets the bar above what um, generally we would understand the translation of that word to mean. Last week, uh, Danny ended the, the sermon with a passage from 1 John 4. It says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. Literally, God is agape, meaning he is both the standard for us to follow and the source that empowers us to, to do so. Agape love comes from God. It is part of his character, and it was expressed um, perfectly when Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice by laying down his life for us on the cross. And as his followers, we are to follow this standard. Um, Matthew 22 talks about the greatest commandment. It says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. That is our call as followers of Christ to walk in that uh, in his footsteps, in a sense, and be sacrificial and love others as he has loved us. The, the verse in, the, in Matthew 22 uses the verb form of agape, which is agapao. It's a fun word to say. Uh, it instructs us to agapao God and to agapao one another. It's an active uh, verb. So what does this specifically look like for us? How do we do that? How do we follow this commandment? And that's what we're going to look into a little bit more as we look at this, at this verse in 1 Corinthians and as we study the characteristics of agape love. Uh, our passage today lays out a simple list of things that define love. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 4, it says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. The passage says both what love is and what it is not. It is patient, kind, 
It is not envious, proud, arrogant, rude. At this point, I feel like I could kind of end the sermon right here, right? It's easy enough to understand these words. They're simple to understand and we, un- and we all know what they mean. But they're, they're simple, but sometimes that is, sometimes the simple things are the hardest things. They're simple, but hard to actually practice and do. And I don't know about you, but I don't necessarily often feel those words. The feeling of love doesn't necessarily always translate to the feeling of patience or kindness. Or, and, but, and, and often we do feel things that we shouldn't feel if we're acting in love. The characteristics of agape love don't always come naturally or, easy or easily to us because we are broken and sinful. Uh, and so before we go and talk about each one of those words, I just want to stop for a second and ask you to think about this question, which is, out of these, which is the hardest for you personally? Which of these words is the hardest for you to practice on a regular basis. And I want you to think about that as we review each one of them in more detail. Patience, kindness, envy, pride, arrogance, rudeness. Which one of these is the hardest for you to to, um, follow or not follow? So let's start with patience. Love is patient. Patient love is able to accept delay or trouble or suffering without getting angry. As uh, those of you who are parents know, um, sometimes patience is often tested by our children. It kind of comes with the territory. It comes with the role. Especially when you have young children, they are usually slow and inefficient at doing things. You have to ask them many, many times to do things. I have three daughters, um, and they're getting a little older. So my daughters are 7, 9, and 12. And I would have hoped or I would have thought that they, things would start to get easier, that as they, as they grow, um, would be, I could be, have more patience or they wouldn't test my patience as hard, but unfortunately, not yet, uh, maybe soon. Uh, but one thing that drives me nuts sometimes as a parent is when we're driving somewhere, uh, we have a minivan, and when we're driving somewhere in a van with all, with all the girls, they're usually eager to get there. They're jumping in the car without their shoes on. They're excited. They're trying to get in. They, you know, it's like they're just ready to go, ready to go, ready to go. And then we pull up to our destination and we, my wife and I will get out and we'll open the door. We'll go, we'll go, you know, open the side doors. We'll go back to the trunk, get some things out. And like, we go to this, look in and get the kids and they're still sitting there completely unmoved, still buckled, kind of just looking off into space. And after having spent all this time trying to rush to get to where we're going and are excited to get there, and it's like they've completely forgotten how to get out of the car. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it feels like they're still in a trance or in a dream, and we're like, come on, get, get out. And so that tests my patience every time we go somewhere uh, with my kids. Um, also, as many of you are experiencing, the, the COVID pandemic has made uh, things a little harder, and it tests our patience as well. Things take longer. Simple things take longer than they used to. There are lines to get into stores. There are lines to get out of stores. Uh, just the workplace is less efficient, and it really tries our patience at times. Um, and there are many different circumstances, I'm sure, that each of you feel that we're really trying of your patience. But what I'd like to note here is that the kind of patience that 
agape love describes is not just circumstantial. It's not short-term patience. It is more, uh, it's more than just the long line, the long COVID line to get into Aldi. It is more translated like long-suffering. It's better, better thought of as the word long-suffering. And, and a famous 17th century commentator, Matthew Henry, put it this way. Long-suffering patience will put up with many slights and neglects from the person it loves and wait to see the kindly effects of such patience on him. Agape love can endure evil, injury, frustration without being resentful. It is a resolution and a determination to a persevering patience. So let's move on. Love is patient and kind. Kindness is sometimes the simplest of these words to understand, but also sometimes the hardest to practice. It's wrapped up in being friendly, being generous, uh, being considerate, and doing good deeds to others, doing good for one another. I can't help but uh, think of Fred Rogers when I hear the word kindness. I watched uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood when I was uh, a kid, and recently, last year, there was a movie that, uh, Tom Hanks' movie that memorialized or, you know, reviewed Mr. Rogers, and he emphasized in the show the a very everyday, simple kindness. Agape love is kind. It is courteous. It is obliging. It's ready to show favor and do good deeds, um, not just when the opportunity presents itself to you, but it actually seeks out opportunities to do, to do good to others. Um, sometimes we think of kindness as a kind of a negative thing. Someone who is kind often is associated with someone being naive or weak. Um, and, and I would say that that's not the case. Sometimes being kind requires courage and strength. Um, and I'm reminded, actually, uh, of, for, of a, a recent post on our uh, social media platform, The Realm, by Ken Shull and Michael Shee and Paul Belisles, um, called The Town That Is Silent. I think that was the name. But really, the conclusion of that post was that we should be kind. We should find an act of kindness to do uh, to one another. Um, and that was a great reminder, I think, for me and for many of us uh, in our call to love and our call to act in agape love. So love is patient and kind. Love does not envy. Um, many of us, I'm sure, have experienced envy at at, from time to time. Um, envy is sort of the beginning of covetousness, which is one of the Ten Commandments, right? Do not covet. Envy is a sense, has a sense of being discontent or resentful by someone else's success, someone else's possessions, someone else's qualities or their luck. Um, and it's kind of the second sin in my, in my mind. It was the sin of Cain. Um, it drove him to kill his brother, his envy um, of his brother's sacrifice is what drove him to then act out in, in, and kill him. And I think still to this day, siblings represent a really perfect place to see envy on full display. Um, it's certainly on display and in, in pretty much on a daily basis in my house. As I, I mentioned already, my daughters have uh, you know, three daughters, and they will almost inevitably... Um, be easily driven to envy and jealousy for one another. Sometimes there are things that would have otherwise been incredibly trivial, but yet they become so important when their sister has it, right? So there would be a toy or a possession or food or friends or anything 
that otherwise would have been unimportant becomes so important because just in relation to something else. It's just in relation to what somebody else has. Um, but agape love suppresses envy. It is not grieved at the good of others. And if we love someone with agape love, we should be so far from envying their success, but we should rejoice with them in their success. Uh, moving on, agape love does not boast, it is not arrogant. I'm putting those together. Uh, boasting and arrogance kind of come from this selfishness, this self-focus, and really from an inflated sense of pride. Boastful arrogance is a, is a person who is essentially bragging about their own accomplishments. It is a person um, who, arrogance and boasting come from a sense of superiority or self-importance. And when I think of arrogant boastfulness, it's hard not to think about what we see in the political sphere. I'm not going to call out a, any specific politician because honestly, almost all of them act in this way. And it's hard to not see it every day, um, especially in an election year when campaigns are in full swing. It's like, a, it's like the, this boastful arrogance is on full display. Um, and honestly, it's hard not to be influenced by that when you hear it all the time, whether it's in the political sphere or elsewhere. Hearing boastfulness and arrogance around us, it's hard not to, to sort of copy that. And, and honestly, the other thing is we all fall into it, right? We all fall into pride, essentially. And that's the root of many other sins is this self-centeredness, this, this pride um, that is sort of um, really influencing us towards boastfulness and arrogance. Um, and I would say that besides the fact that it's annoying to be around people who are like this, or it's annoying to be around someone who's acting in this way, it's not compatible, it's incompatible with agape love. It's essentially kind of the opposite of agape love, right? Especially this charitable love. When we're arrogant and self-centered and self-seeking, it's exactly the opposite of, of the way that agape love acts. Agape love subdues arrogance and boastfulness. And there's a couple of verses that come to mind when we think about this, uh, this term. Um, one is in Philippians 2.3, which says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Another verse in Romans 12.10 takes it a little even further and says, Outdo one another in showing honor. These are the characteristics of agape love. Finally, agape love is not rude. I'll be honest, this is the hardest one for me. Uh, I tend to be someone who is nonchalant. I don't have pretty thick skin. I don't necessarily care what others think of me. And sometimes that can translate to being rude, to acting with carelessness for others. Um, and I thank God for my wife, who has always had better manners than I, and over 15 years of marriage, she has helped me grow in this area immensely. And I've seen that on a, it's one of those constant things where I, I'm being helped by, by my wife in this sense. Um, and rudeness really is just, in some sense, it's simply thought of as a lack of manners, but it's, it's kind of a discourtesy. It's more than just manners. It's, it's showing disrespect to others. Um, and I'll say, you know, I travel pretty often, uh, or at least I, I did before the pandemic, but I travel pretty often for work and often internationally. I've had the privilege of being able to, to visit a number of different countries, and I think it was like a, something like two dozen countries in the last few years. 
Um, and so I've gotten to see a lot of different cultures, and I love, I love this aspect of my job because I get to see all sorts of different cultures, and it's one of those things that intrigue me, and I love learning about different cultures and understanding those. And each culture has its different norms uh, and standards for what's rude and what's polite. Um, and, of course, you, know, you get to learn a little bit about um, what is polite here and what is not polite here, and so um, everyone's a little bit different. And so it's kind of fun to, to see that. Um, another thing that I get to see when I travel is sort of a comparison to my country, right? When I come back to the U.S., there are some things that I've noticed are somewhat unique to Americans. Um, and it's actually one of the things that I've noticed that's pretty unique to, to Americans, not only Americans, but it's certainly um, something we see here, is this idea of the, of the independent spirit, this idea of rugged individualism. Um, and honestly, it's one of the things I love about this country, but there's a dark side to it. And I think that dark side is a tendency towards rudeness. Um, and to me, rudeness goes together sometimes with arrogance because it's being rude assumes that you're at the center um, and you have the right to act however you please. Um, and unfortunately, I think this, this idea of rudeness, um, and in particular, the dark side of individualism, is on full display now more than ever during the pandemic. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, just uh, you know, Google or, or look up things like the mask debate or American COVID entitlement and, and look it up on YouTube. And there's some incredibly appalling examples of this rudeness on full display. Um, but agape love does not act rudely. It acts with courtesy and shows respect to others. So, love is patient and kind, does not envy does not boast, it is not arrogant, it is not rude. These are such simple words, but yet we often fall short of them. Uh, many may, You may have heard of the bestseller uh, called Everything I Need to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. And this list of descriptions for love reminds me of that statement. These are qualities that we teach our kids at a very young age. Um, they're the basics, right? They are, are the simplest things to, to sort of understand, but sometimes they're the hardest to, to do. So I ask you again, which one of these is the hardest for you? Which one of these did you think about as we were talking through them that says, ooh, I'm, that's, that's the one that's hardest for me? And my charge for you this week is to work on that one, to, to work on that one thing and choose to love others as God loved us and act in that love every day. There are many different ways to do that. There are many different applications. I can think of individual relationships, right? Show agape love to your spouse, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your coworkers. You can pick up one individual and, and practice this agape love. We can also apply in the, in the context of a family, right? In the past few months, we are uh, people who've been you know, lucky enough to be quarantined with other people, um, which is a good thing. But after a few months, sometimes the limits of love can be tested, right? As you're bouncing around in, 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 you know, in one place with, with your family all the time, sometimes you get stretched a little bit. And we need to practice these, these characteristics of agape love on a regular basis. Another um, way to apply this is more in a broader setting, right? In the communal societal setting. It's sort of built into the definition of agape love. It's charitable love. Um, and you know, it's a communal command to extend it to one another. Um, and I can't help but think about the current 
polarized climate that we're in in the U.S. when it comes to politics, when it comes to just worldviews, and even in our church at EBF. Imagine how different our conversations uh, and posts would be if they were grounded and saturated in agape love. If we choose to act in this way and love others uh, every day, our conversations when we say speaking the truth in love should be saturated with these characteristics that I just described today. So as we wrap up, I wanted to remind us once more that we don't do this on our own. As I said at the beginning, God is the source and the standard of this love. And he's also, so he's the standard of this love, but he's also the source of this love. I've had the privilege of preaching now three times at EBF, and it's been basically once a year for the last three years. Last summer, um, we were going through the I Am series, and my sermon was on uh, from John 15, where it was, I Am the Vine. And so, as we went through that, that sermon, the main point that I highlighted was basically abide in the vine, abide in the true vine, and bear the fruit of love. And I'm going to read the, a couple of verses from John 15, 9 and 12. It says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And this is, uh, that's uh, 15, 9. And, and so while this doesn't come naturally to us as humans, it does come naturally to God. And it's an integral part of him. So as we abide in him, we are able to be connected to that. Um, we have the power of God in our hearts as followers of Christ. And we have access to the source that is, that is the vine. Um, and verse 12 then goes on and, and asks us to love one another in the same way. Uh, it says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So God is the source and the standard of agape love. And we are to agapao God and agapao each other. Agape love is more than just a feeling. It is a choice, a simple yet difficult choice, and we are called to, and we, and I, we are called as Christians and to choose to love others as God loved us and act in that love each day. We act with patience, with kindness, not with enviousness, not pride, not boasting, and not rudeness. So start today. Make this choice and practice this love. Pick one of the characteristics that I just listed, the one that you might have thought is the hardest for you, and practice that on a daily basis, asking the Holy Spirit to help you in it. I want to end with another Matthew Henry quote, which says, How lovely a thing would Christianity appear to the world if those who profess it were more actuated and animated by this divine principle and paid a due regard to a command on which its blessed author laid a chief stress. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for your word. Thank you for your call. Thank you that you are the the standard that we follow. And thank you that you are the source that helps us to follow that standard. I pray today that each one of us, myself included, would be able to choose and act in love, choose to act in love on a regular basis. Lord, I pray for your um, reminder uh, in our hearts, and I pray for your power to do so uh, even when it's hard to do. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.